Welcome back to Under the Teen Fluence, the show where we give advice to teens based on our past experiences. My name is Jenny, and I'll be your host today. With me, I have Leslie, Yasmin, and Liz, and we're the prevention team from the NCADD San Fernando Valley. Today, we have Jason and Hugo as our special guests from PYS. I'm going to give them a moment to introduce themselves. My name is Hugo. I work for Pueblo y Salud. I am a program director there. Uh, my name is Jason. Uh, I am the prevention coordinator with the Drug-Free Communities Program. Thank you guys for being here. So I want to get started with talking about New Year's resolutions. I know we're halfway through the year. So on our last podcast, I'm not going to lie, we actually didn't have any New Year's resolutions because apparently we couldn't think of any. But if any of you have or our new guests had New Year's resolutions, we're halfway through the year. Do you guys think you've accomplished them so far or you're almost there or you're like, maybe it's time to start or any of that sorts? Well, I feel like every end of the year, I always say that I'm going to start working out more. I accomplished that goal for like the first two months, and then I kind of slowly but surely kind of drop off. But yeah, something that I do want to continue is to get back into my New Year's resolution. Yeah, I think for me, my New Year's resolutions, like I usually have several, but I think one that I've been pretty good with is like reading. Um, I definitely have been trying to read more often. I've probably read like three or four books this year. And so I think that's a really big accomplishment. I try to read at least 10. I had a New Year's resolution. I did have one and it kind of said it very slightly, but it was reading more. And that was one because Liz inspires me because she's always reading. <laughs> um, and then I'm like, I need to get into reading more. So I tried it. I was doing good. She didn't like the books. I picked but there was a, she, she gave me a book I didn't like and I'm like, Liz, it wasn't bad, but she kept telling me, I'm like, just took a little time for the plot Nothing's to happening. Mm-hmm. Nothing's happening. And then she's like, you know what? Give me the book back. I'm going <laughs> to give you something else. I started reading my own books, like on my own time at home. And I'm on the second book of this series that I'm reading, but I did not finish it yet. So I guess you could say I was like in and out of it, but I'm going to try again. But anybody else? I feel like mine was, I didn't really say it, but it was just more like, I want to just start to become more physical. And I have, I actually <laughs> joined the gym. I haven't gone this week. <laughs> or actually, this week. Yeah, I want to agree with Leslie, because I don't think I really had one uh, at the beginning of the year either. But I think mine was also just like trying to be more active and going to the gym. And I feel like I've improved. I told Jenny, I was like, I feel like I can, I, I do more weights now on like certain machines. And I was like, I see little improvement. <laughs> so it's been hard though to stick to it. I'm trying to make it like a habit. And so far, like that's the hardest part, like actually finding the motivation just to get to the gym. Whereas once I'm there, it's like, okay, well now I know what happens. I feel like yeah. that's the problem with a lot it's of just getting there. Getting I feel like getting there is just a struggle. Like talking myself to get, like get in the car and change your clothes and go. Like that is, that's the struggle. I always tend to go to the gym after work. I feel like you need to have like a special mental strength to go in the morning. You gotta wake up. Jenny wakes up at 5 a.m. to go to Yeah, the- and that's a completely different monster, I think. I, I would want to go in the morning 100% because mm-hmm. it gives you more time to, you know, uh, do your personal life uh, after work, but yeah, you, you definitely need to be a little bit more disciplined. But also speaking on like the motivation, when you're seeing your improvements, I think that's like motivation on itself. Mm-hmm. When you're starting to see changes in yourself and uh, improvements in your strength, as well as like stamina, if you're, if you're jogging, I remember when I was jogging and then I would die in the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, like you're running 20, it's yeah. good. And I think that motivates you and pushes you. Now, do you go to the gym alone or by, or with like a partner, a buddy? Oh, alone. Alone. I don't like buddies. I don't too. I feel like when I have a buddy, they always want to talk. 
and I'm not against it. But sometimes I'm like, you're unfocusing me away from my activity. And then I end up not, and if that person's not at my, that mindset where I am, I feel like that kind of brings me down in a way. And I don't mean to disrupt the person that's with me. Like, I love it when I have someone there also, it's nice. But I just feel like if we're not on the same mode, that really interrupts, I feel like, a workout. So I yeah. just prefer going alone rather than dealing with, like, I didn't get a good workout in today, and I'm going to be like, it's your fault. You know, but I'm not going to say that to them. <laughs> I agree, right? Like, going with someone who's not at your level. Well, I'm not that active, but I do feel like I like to push myself. But I like going with people who are actually really good at going to the gym because then they teach you things. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, like, the only way I can do it. I feel like it's like a cheat code going mm -hmm. with somebody, to be honest, because it's very easy to to give up and just like, okay, that's enough. But well, you have someone else when there, you have like somebody pushing there pushing you. Yeah. I've always been that a type of person that I hate when I'm when I'm like bench pressing. I need somebody to spot me. It just gives me more comfort when I have somebody there. It actually helps me actually go for something that I might not be able to do, but it gives me the confidence to try it. And I feel like that's how I like improve. So yeah, I think it's a. It depends. I I do believe that going in uh, with yourself and just knowing what you have to do a hundred percent um also helps too because i so i am that talker <laughs> i am that talker that's what i'm saying <laughs> but it also uh I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about it a little later but it is kind of like a coping mechanism you know you can go and yeah. stress the gym is uh, yeah it's meant to work out but also you know it could be a little social as well i like that actually now that i think about it it also kind of does tie back with the coping mechanism because sometimes people can't do things Maybe not without somebody, but without like a tool. Like maybe people say, uh, I had a friend who she feared going to therapy, but she knew she needed it. So she actually had her mom go with her to therapy to help her with her coping mechanism of the anxiety of feeling of going to therapy alone because she doesn't like doing things alone. So I thought like, oh, there's your solution. And now you found another solution to your solution. So I can see how maybe like trying to like people thinking like I have to find a strategy in order to do this the right way, but there's no right way. Yeah. It's just your way. So I guess since you mentioned also stress earlier, do any of you get stressed out easily? And what do you do when you're stressed out? I can I, I'm gonna be honest. I kind of do a little bit. Sometimes I'm I'm on edge and it's just little things start bugging me. Um, and this kind of I guess in this line of work, you kind of have to keep a level head and try and be uh, mentally healthy. So I always tend to like sit down, take deep breaths and just realize, you know what? Because sometimes there's little things that just irk you, you know? I would say for me, I don't necessarily think I stress out, but the thing that I feel is more like overwhelmed, you know, mm -hmm. like getting, like I, mm -hmm. I tend to put a lot of stuff on my plate. And so sometimes I do kind of feel like there's a lot going on in my life and it's not like a stress out. It's more of like, I have a lot to do and I, there's a lot to be done. I've done a lot and it's just like, there's not a lot of time to, like decompress or like do kind of like self-care activities sometimes. So I don't want to call it like stressing out, but it is like the difference between stressing out and being overwhelmed is like such a huge difference, I think. I would go with Chase. It is not necessarily being stressed out, but just feeling overwhelmed. And when that usually happens, I cry. I literally yeah. just cry. That's okay. I love a good cry. That is good though. That's a good distress. I feel like crying is also like a form of like self-healing, you know, it's like the reason why we cry is because it is, it's like a release, you know, it's when you get that like pent up stuff, like letting it out is always good. Definitely. And another thing for you guys, since we're kind of still on the same topics, not crying, but more on taking care of yourself. Do you feel like you guys get your full eight hours of sleep? It's like some days are better than others. Like sometimes I'll sleep like 10 hours and some days I'll sleep like four. 
because sometimes you guys ever over it makes you feel sluggish it, it literally is so bad for you like it it gives you i feel like i get headaches when i oversleep i feel like my day also feels unaccomplished i feel lazier so i try to my best even if i'm not getting my full eight i do my best to never oversleep like that's my always my goal maybe i don't get enough sleep but i don't like to oversleep because then i feel like i don't get things done i feel like yeah. that with nap there's like a, a perfect like amount of time when you take a little nap i think 30 minutes is good after 30 minutes i wake up groggy and i feel like even more tired than when i went when i went to sleep so yeah oversleeping i can see that you said you do the full eight. you said sometimes not mm -hmm. usually not usually but on the weekends i rarely oversleep <laughs> <laughs> if i don't have any plans i wake up at like 10 30 11. <laughs> yeah and, and it's like also it's like sometimes like i stay up late and then I'll be sleeping in until I just let my body do its thing. Do you guys get your three meals a day? I feel like I'm talking to you guys like a mom. So I was never a breakfast person. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm. I just recently started kind of getting into breakfast, and then dinner has been tough. Like I've just been forgetting dinner. So sometimes I would eat one meal a day, and sometimes I eat like four. And that's the problem. I don't have like a like a routine or a schedule when to eat. And, and that's something I've actually been thinking about is just setting up a schedule, um, whether it's a, a protein shake or something, but just making sure that at that time I eat. But for the most part, I would say no, maybe two meals a day would be like the regular for me. I don't eat breakfast. I like breakfast like on Sundays. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that's like literally the only time I eat breakfast. But most of the time I'm not. I don't eat breakfast. I usually eat lunch and dinner. I feel like I, I don't really eat breakfast. It's mainly lunch yeah. and dinner. It's it is rare for me. I used to eat breakfast every morning as a kid. Like my mom would go to work early and then she would leave us breakfast. And then when I got older, I guess when I went to college or whatever happened, uh yeah, I just stopped eating breakfast. I don't I don't really like breakfast the meal itself, like eggs and Oh yeah, I feel like yeah. I force myself. Just going based on what we're talking about. So it sounds like some of us are not sleeping in enough or oversleeping or not eating enough, apparently, or eating very high sodium foods in the morning. So going based off of that, like, so now kind of reminiscing and really talking about what you guys do for yourself when you're stressed and all these other things, um, do you find self-care to be important? Yeah, 100%. I think that Especially in the line of work that we do, um, I was actually taking a meeting and we were talking about self-care and how important it is and not only teach other people or youth uh, on mental health, but you have to be mentally healthy yourself. You, see, you can't pour from an empty cup. That's the line that kind of stuck with me. And it's true. You have to kind of be in a good space to try to put other people in a good space. And I think in everything, even doing your coping mechanisms, you need to be in a good spot. Like, my coping mechanism would be going to the gym, but you need to be mentally like good or stable to even go to the gym. Like we just mentioned, getting to the gym is the hardest part. So you kind of have to be in the right spot there. So in your daily life, I think that you have to be mm. like, mentally good. Actually, you know what? Just kind of not going off topic, but going on topic. Since self-care day is on July 24th, I think we should all find something that we all discussed about right now and implement it by July 24th and check up on each other to see if we did it so we can mention it in the podcast next time to our listeners to see if we actually went through what we're supposed to do. So like some of you are saying you didn't go to the gym this month, maybe by July 24th, did you increase your time? Did you increase your weights? Did you start eating your bagel? I feel like it's doable. As I think so too. I think so. I was... 
actually, because we are going to the mid-year training, this, I was going to do my best to come back, like, better. That, that's my goal. My goal is to go to the gym every day, eat healthier, and hopefully when I come back, you know, people see a difference, and I feel different. That's kind of my goal. Remember, we're talking about going to the gym. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about uh, going to the gym in the morning to, like, start our day right and, and just kind of do stuff like that. But honestly, I feel like this is going to be a hard trip for me, particularly. Like, I have a 15-page paper to, like, to do before the 25th, so that could be something that I would need to do for self-care is finish my paper. And do it in a healthy way, mm -hmm. split it up, do not get overwhelmed by it, you know? So why do you guys think teens even use substances? I mean, I'm sure we're not all that old here. We were all, you know, had friends who might've used or even ourselves. Um, why do you guys think um, teens do use to cope with stress and stuff? I think it's because they think it's easier rather than actually facing on their stressor or whatever's going on, it's just easier to take that route and not feel anything at all or feel something completely different. Yeah. So the, my first reaction was like, yeah, I understand. I'm sorry that you're going through stuff, but there's more, there's different ways to go about it. Like you don't have to go directly towards that. So I do feel like lack of information and, and they don't, they think that that's the only way out. That's why I love having like coping mechanism boards and just kind of like have people, you know, sticky, whatever kind of coping mechanism that they use. Yeah, I also think it's, it's also because of the easy access that they have to it. Nowadays, they can just go to social media and just buy yeah. pills. I know, right? I just don't remember it being so easy. I feel like now it's just a lot easier and just buy it offline because no one's actually checking IDs or anything. Yeah. I feel like kids aren't as interested in drinking than they are vaping and smoking. I think like if you go to any high school right now, you see like plenty of kids wearing like cookies brand stuff. You see like they have like the backwoods branded stuff. I think it's a lot has to do with marketing. Um and and when you say like social availability, right? Like Basically, if you're looking for it, you can find it. Mm -hmm. It's like not that hard. You don't even need a social media account. You can just talk to like that that kid you know who always comes high to class, and, yeah. and he'll and he'll he'll give you the right direction. It's it's almost like you have to try hard not to find it. Mm -hmm. I I also do think that like it's generational because we had a kid tell us that oh they don't drink and I don't drink. That's for boomers. That that basically. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, it's like it's like old people it, old, oh, wow. old people stuff like yeah we don't we don't drink like you know we yeah. vape and all that stuff like the new technology the new thing is hip and you know what their parents did is not something that is catching their attention which is a good thing i think that having them think that it's for old people cool but obviously the, that means now the i guess the focus shifts to vaping to vaping and yes i also think music has a lot to do with it um, a lot of music nowadays just kind of talks about drug use so like openly um you know i know when we were younger right like future Wiz khalifa like all of these kind of artists even before right like you had snoop dogg and like all these other people but i think specifically like in the rap and music that's like marketed to teenagers has a lot of drug use references and yeah. i think that goes into it and i think even people like juice world you know like they're um they they like kind of perpetuate this this like medicate yourself with like prescription drugs, you know that's just the nice way of saying it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, music and then like to be like completely candid, it's like also drugs make you feel good. 
it's like you it's called self-medicating for like a reason right it does something to like your brain chemistry and it does it like for the time being whether you're going through something or you just want to look cool it's going to make you feel something that you've never felt before and i think that's also some kind of it's like a hook i think that's what gets them you know like they always call it chasing your first high like you know First time you get high, it's like the best time. And then like after that, it's never feels that same way. Yeah, it never feels the same. It's also like the type of drugs you're using really goes to like the level of pain you're trying to cope with. Like if you're like a teenager and you're like smoking marijuana, that's one thing. But like if you're a teenager and you're like trying to experiment with like heroin or methamphetamine, it's like just try to imagine what this kid's going through to be able to have to like seek a drug of that caliber, you know? So it's like it's a self-medication because of like we tend to always just say, don't do it. But like Google mentioned, like we don't know exactly what their life is like. Like, what if this thing is the only thing in their life where they feel any ounce of good? So it's like just a perspective. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Also, like your social environments. Like um, my younger brother, he he has a drug problem, but he's working on it right now. But a lot of the times, I remember I was I was very aware. But my father is a drug addict, and he used like marijuana, like that was like the, the simple one that he did compared to what else he did to cope with his issues. And I think my brother witnessed that so often that he thought this is the norm. Like when you're tired or stressed out, tired from work or you're done with like dealing with your wife or dealing with your kids, you know, my dad would go out and have a smoke, but he knew it was marijuana. So I think my brother used that as like, well, if my dad's doing it as a way to cope, then it must be normal. Like it must, and back then we didn't really, my mom didn't talk to us really much about drugs. Um, and I never spoke to my younger brother about it, but I can see how, where it, where it, like it stemmed from was from his social environment. The fact that my father did it. So he was like, oh, if my dad's doing it to like deal with stress and then he's chill, he's fine. He's no longer angry. That must mean that like, that's how I can be chill and fine and no longer angry. So I feel like that's also something that I feel can happen to just maybe kids getting influenced by their parents yeah. or older siblings too. Yeah. yeah, I think that's how it all kind of starts. Like, so we're Latinos here, and I feel like there's always that party where the tío's like, oh, quieres una cerveza? You know, as a young age, I have, I actually have a picture of me. I'm like two years old, and they're giving me a corona. You know, I'm not the saying I have a picture. I have <laughs> picture. Yeah. So it, it is brought up uh, from family and also the lack of knowledge that comes with it. I think that they don't know that that can affect you in the long run or, or, or kind of shows you that, that, that drinking is not wrong. They don't think ahead, I guess they're like at the moment. And I think that's a big factor. So what advice would you give teens who are struggling with their self hair and relapping everything we talked about into like one and one little thing that you guys can take out of all this. I want to share my advice is that I think you shared about uh, the student that they feel like they're the only ones experiencing that. And the truth is, we as like people always feel very like, in, like in, uh, I don't know the term. Like, like our struggle, no one understands. Yeah, and when reality, other people have been through the same thing and they have made it out, they've made it work. So I think it's just knowing that you're not alone. Like finding someone to talk to will help you realize that yeah, you're not the only one going through this certain problem or issue. And then once I think once you start talking to someone or you seek therapy or something like that, you, you can work on it in a healthy way um, to fix that, you know, whatever that is. 
I think my advice would be like, it's okay to not be okay. You know, you, we all, we all go through things as human beings and really finding your people, finding your tribe of people who support you. And I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Like sometimes the adult in your life isn't your parents. You know, you, if you can't go to your parents for, for help or for support, there's always a caring adult, like the people in this room, uh, people in your community that are trustworthy, who can help. There's always that. And so like, I would say build a relationship. You know that there's adults out there that care about you. I think that's one of the best things. Like finding your tribe and having an adult, that, those are like the two, two best things. Yeah. And it's okay to not be okay. I would say my advice is just don't quit, never quit. Like if you find something and you think it's not helping you, try a different hobby. And if that one doesn't work, try another hobby. Like just don't automatically go into substances. Try to find actually find something that's actually going to help you. If you're str- If you're like kind of drifting away from like your self-care routines. I do believe that, yeah, like how you mentioned, switch it up. Uh, There isn't just one type of self-care. It's very easy to get caught up on a routine. I know that for a fact, you know, when you start adulting, you kind of realize that you have a routine that you kind of stick to for a bit, but yeah, switch it up, try something new. You know, that that's a really good way of just kind of uh, switching up what you normally would do and, and kind of fading like the gym. If you're, if you stop going to the gym, maybe go for a run instead and don't go to the gym. Don't go to the same place. Try a different gym. You know, I, I know that one gym, not all gyms are created equally. And that's from experience. Uh, so yeah, try something different, something that can, I guess, uh, bring back that that feeling of, of self-care and, and satisfaction. I would say my advice is, I know it's hard to hear maybe because you're like, you don't get it, you know, but I'm just going to say, well, whatever you're going through, because I everyone's going through a struggle, right? Whether it's whatever it is, you know, I'm not going to say what, but I feel like as you get older, you're going to learn that maybe either that struggle wasn't worth worrying about in that moment, but then maybe it'll help you grow from it because I swear all your struggles are gonna help you grow as a person and really like develop your personality. And I think like that's something that you can look forward to when you're older. I know you guys aren't older yet, but some of you might think it's the end of the world, but I would highly believe that even though you're going through all these struggles, the positive out of those struggles is really gonna help you grow as an individual. So I would say look forward to that because it'll make you a way better person. Just take a deep breath and sit back and realize that, you know, this is one problem that uh, out of your whole life, there's only one thing going on. You can handle it. You know, you know you're going to have to deal with multiple problems. Uh, but that's what I would tell myself because it was different back then. <laughs> I want to also comment, like, you said something that was, like, really interesting. It was, like, the things that were important to you back then were, like, the most important things. And then like you look back and it really wasn't that big of a deal. Like just uh, whoever's listening, like that's really the truth. Like whatever you, like you grow so much after school, like the things that you prioritize right now, like just imagine what your life is going to be like. I always say, think about future you. And like when you reflect on your past self and what you thought, thought was important, it's just like, man, like you said, I can't believe I was worried about that. I'll say, but I guess we can leave off on that note. Thank you everyone for listening and thank you to Hugo and Jason for being here. Highly appreciate it. We will check in on you guys on your July 24th (laughs) self-care day. Um, But yeah, I hope everyone celebrates self-care day again. It's on July 24th. And if you guys can let us know what you guys did for self-care, it would be wonderful. So thanks everybody.
Bye. Bye.